Welcome to the Journey Youth Podcast. Here's the place where you can catch up on past and future messages. Be sure to subscribe so you get updates when new messages go live. I hope you enjoy it. Please pull out your smartphone. Yeah. And nobody did it. If you didn't do this last week, you better do it tonight. Better do it tonight. Um, because we only got a few questions, and that's going to make for a really awkward time next week because it will be our four panelists panelists sitting up here looking at you as you look at them because there were no questions to answer. That's going to be real, real awkward. awkward. Or you'll have to embarrass yourself by asking the question live. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Um, so text 555-888, blurred lines. Make sure it's all one word. Otherwise, you won't get a confirmation text back. And then you can send in your question. Anything goes. Anything is <coughs> relevant. Uh, we got Nothing some good questions last week. Yeah, the kind of question that you, you would be very embarrassed to ask your mom <laughs> or your dad, you can ask through the text line because we don't know who you are. And we won't single you out. But God knows. Just kidding. He does. <coughs> Um, oh. <laughs> ask the question because he already knows what's on your heart, right? That's so it. text 555-888, blurred lines, with your question. And you know what? Tell your friends at school to do it, too. Uh, you know, reach out to them. Maybe they, a, maybe they got a question and they're like, you know, just, just th throw them a line. If you don't have a phone or whatever the reasoning is, uh, we have these little cards that are question card. Same concept. Write down your thing, your question and then fold it up and put it in this basket. We'll put that back there so you don't have to come to the front of the stage and we'll single you out. But um, just do that. Yes. We, we want to be able to answer questions that you guys are actually asking. We've done our best job in last week's message and this week's message to try and address questions that we think that you're asking. <laughs> but you guys only know the questions that you actually are asking. So. Um, it can be very relevant next week if you ask those questions. Yes, and you all have them. You just need to ask them. Because you're all wondering, when should I start dating? Or how do I date? Or is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do that? Ask all those, okay? And yeah. we'll address them. So everybody in this room has to stand up right now. Yep. Oh, man, it's making me stand up. Abby, will you put that first slide up there? It's going to say that. God wants me to have an incredible life. On three, we are all going to repeat this because I want you to listen to your words coming out of your mouth. I want your ears to hear your words say this about you. Okay, so on three, we're going to read this. One, two, three. Okay, now we're going to say it like we mean it, okay? One, two, three. Okay, now with more power. Yes, now sit down. You guys can all sit down. God wants you to have an incredible life, and I'll prove it to you, and you guys probably have all heard it. If you haven't, today's your day. But Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For God knows the plans he has for you. They are good. God's plans for you are good. They're not for disaster. Okay? God is on your side. He has plans for you, a plans for a hope, plans for a future, plans to give you life, goodness, 
Okay, he loves you. He's on your side. But there's also this other truth. Um, the devil wants you to have a terrible life. Okay? There's a man out there, Satan, the evil one, the tempter, the liar. He hates you, and he wants your life to be terrible. He wants it to be destroyed. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants you to live a life of brokenness, sadness, emptiness, loneliness, depression. The list goes on because Satan does not care about you, and he wants you to have a terrible life. So the good news is, though, that God's incredible plan for you is freedom. Say freedom. Freedom. God's incredible plan for you is freedom. Okay? He wants freedom for you in middle school. If you're in sixth grade here, seventh, eighth, in middle school, in high school, in college, he wants freedom for your life. In your marriage, when you have kids, when you start a career, when you do missions, whatever you're going to do, his incredible plan for you is freedom. And last week, we gave you this verse, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, and it says, God's will for you is to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. God's will for you, God's plan for you is that you would be holy, so stay away from all that sexual sin, he's saying. Stay away from all of that garbage that the world lies to you about. That pornography is going to make you happy. Masturbating is going to fulfill your need. Uh, having sex before marriage. Jumping into relationships. Guys are going to fill your need. Girls are going to fill your needs. God's saying, uh, stay away from that. And the thing that's cool here is if God's plan for me is freedom, if God has an incredible plan for my life, then his command to stay away from sexual sin must be connected, right? Like it says there, God would not command you to stay away if it didn't mean freedom, okay? He didn't just say it to take away your fun. There's a reason he's saying, stay away from it. Children, you guys, stay away from it. It's not good. And that's exactly what happened with Adam and Eve, right? In the beginning, in the story of Genesis, they were with God, perfectly happy, everything, all the freedom they ever wanted. And Satan's like, here, eat this. And God's like, don't eat that. Stay away from that. But right when they ate of the fruit, what happened? Bondage, slavery. And that's exactly what the devil's plan for you. God's plan for you is freedom. The devil's plan for you is slavery. Okay? So that's what happened when Adam and Eve ate that fruit, when they stepped into that temptation and they went for their needs, for their own desires, and they went and they, they left God's will for it. Slavery happened. Their joy left them. Their freedom left them. Their relationship with God separated. And there was bondage there, right? There was brokenness. And I, I think sometimes we confuse or, or we hear, yes, God wants an incredible life for me. God wants me to live in freedom. And that means that I'm going to live a lesser life. I'm not going to have as much fun as people who don't follow God. Um, so I, I want to make that clear that God wants you to have an incredible life. 
God wants you to live in freedom, and with that comes the best life that you can possibly live. Um, having a relationship the way that God lays it out in his word to have is the best way to have a relationship. It's the most fulfilling. Um, sin is fun for a season. That's what my youth pastor used to say. Sin is fun for a season. Sin is is enjoyable, and and it, it can bring some temporary satisfaction, but it has major damage on the back end of it, and it burns out really quick. So Satan would have you believe that having a relationship the way God wants you to have it is going to be lame and boring, but um, it's not. It's the best way that you can have a relationship. It's the best way because God wants you to have freedom and an incredible life and goodness in every part of your life. Um, there's no sacrifices in following God in that area. Right, and Satan loves to trick you. So he's going to use relationships. I think relationships, at least when I was in high school and middle school, they were kind of tricky. Um, and that's exactly what he wants to do is trick you into falling into <laughs> his plan rather than God's plan, and you find yourself completely empty and completely broken like I did when I was your age. Um, so that's why this, this is so close to God's heart. Relationships are so close to God's heart because you are made for relationships, okay? Um, you, uh, God, God did not make you to be independent. He made you to be dependent on him. So we are going to combat some lies and then tell you the truth about relationships um, the first one we have is that culture and our generation and this world has completely twisted what love is, okay? That's first and foremost, that this definition of love has been, um, it's all about our needs now. It's all about uh, how I'm feeling our needs being met, um, it's all about us, right? Relationships have turned, and this, this we throw around, tomorrow's Valentine's Day, we throw around this word love. Love is going to be everywhere, you see, probably. What does that even mean, okay? And we think it's all about us now. But when really, it's about giving and the person who displayed this perfectly was God when he sent his son, Jesus, because he came not to be served, like it says in Matthew, but to serve. And it's completely been twisted. Relationships um, are all about this, like, emotional, gooey feeling. Uh, you probably all have been there or are there in, in high school. I think... I, I was boy crazy in high school, and I think every year from ninth through 12th grade, there was one boy that I, like, zoned in on. Either I dated him or he was, like, my target market so that he could meet my needs. I had this need of I wanted to feel loved. I wanted to feel accepted. I wanted him to feel like he needed me, and it's all been completely twisted, and a lot of the time, people come together because of the needs in their life. When relationships were meant to be to give. Relationships are so, 
are so meant to be selfless. They're supposed to be giving of each other. And that's why marriages and relationships turn into the biggest heartbreak is because people come into these relationships being like, I want to feel loved. I, I, I need my needs met. Jesus is the only one who can meet that need. <laughs> Do you have any more to say? Yeah, I think we're oftentimes we see or hear people say that I'm looking for somebody to complete me. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we're a puzzle piece and we're, we're looking for that other puzzle piece to like just fit perfectly and then our life comes together like we always imagined it would. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships that are based out of need are kind of like two empty water pitchers. I've got two, two water pitchers here. Um, if you think about like one of these being you and one of these being <laughs> a potential boyfriend or girlfriend. Both of these are empty. Relationships that come together because they need each other, and you're like trying to give each other a drink of water, but there's no water to fill each other up with, right? That's what, that's what a relationship based out of need is like. Mm-hmm. It's like two empty water pitchers trying to fill each other up. They're never going to fill each other up. And when we enter into a relationship, and, and not just when we enter into a relationship, but at any point in our life, we need to be completely full and satisfied, lacking nothing in Christ. And if that's the key, we're not looking for each other to fill our pitcher. Mm-hmm. We know that God has already filled our pitcher, and we're not coming together because we need each other. Um, we have everything that that we already need, and and we're coming together because this is a gift that God has given us. Um, you will never be filled up and satisfied by another person completely. Uh, you might find some temporary satisfaction. You might find um, there's a lot of people out there who are in need-based relationships that they sort of work, but there's always kind of tension. There's always this like grinding that's just not going to work. Um, you will only be completely satisfied in God and in the gifts that he gives you. So you can be, if you are completely satisfied in Christ, he can give you a relationship as a gift, and you can find a lot of joy and a lot of satisfaction in that relationship because it's something that God has given you. It's something that God has ordained. Um, But we can't come into relationships trying to fill ourselves, trying to meet a need that's within us. Um, Outside of the gifts that God gives us, we're always going to feel empty. Um. Yeah, that's good. And that's just because, like, we're two human beings that are flawed, right? And (coughs) Michael and I are coming up in October. We'll be married for five years. And Michael does not meet my needs, he does not satisfy me. He can and does, because he's human, disappoints me. I think we oftentimes have this idea that marriage and relationships is like the what everybody's reaching for, the ultimate goal. And once you get that, you have obtained, you have reached it. And that's such a lie because I'll tell you what you what. When you have reached it is when you know who you are in Christ. That is when you have obtained. 
and you know who you are. You know your identity because Christ can only fill you. So if you want to date right now, ask your heart, ask yourself, why? Why? And be honest with your heart there. Um, if it's to fulfill some sort of need or not. Is there any other things you can think of for that? So good. But we can keep going. No? Yeah, I think it's good. Um, <laughs> if you have a notebook or whatever, I w- you should be taking notes. Um, there's so much good stuff in here that uh, God is wanting to speak to you. Or you can take it on your phone. Um, this, the second lie is that relationships are not a big deal. We see this in TV shows. We hear it in songs. Um, we see it in real life in our friends' lives or in, um, in celebrities. Relationships are really not that big of a deal. They're kind of just like a, a new shirt that you buy from Target. Like you get it and you love it, and then it wears out, and you're like, well, <laughs> time to throw that one away. That one didn't, that one didn't uh, work out the way that I thought it would. Um, or, or better yet, you buy a shirt at Target and you're like, I kind of like this. And, and then you get it home and you're like, I kind of don't really like mm, this. Who's done that? And you never wear it. <laughs> you never wear it. I've, I've done that so many times. I've done that so many times. I've done it so many times. Uh, in fact, uh, funny, funny fact, I did that in high school and I still own some of those clothes. <laughs> and I just can't find my, s- in I can't find it in myself to throw them away because it was like, that's, that's brand new. But I'm like, I hate it, right? Um, relationships to God are a big deal because he created them and God has a very specific purpose for them. Yes. And effectively that purpose is that they would end in marriage. Right. Um, right. And I think it's, I think it's cool. I was just pondering this this week. Why did God only create one man and only create one woman at the beginning of the world? Um, and I think it was just to signify that God, partly to signify that God, to relationship, to God, relationships are a big deal. He could have created 10 men and 10 women and said, all right, you guys try to find the, find the puzzle piece that works best for you. Try to, you know, date around and, and see what works, um, see what personality you like the best. Uh, but God didn't do that. He created one man and he created one woman. Um, I don't think God ever meant for relationships to be kind of a guessing game. Do you guys ever feel like like relationships could be kind of a guessing game? You're kind of like, I sort of know what I want, but um, I'm not exactly sure how that would f- look like in real world experience so i sort of have to play russian roulette on dating right and i th- and there's there's so many fish in the sea so like just drop your fishing pole in and see what you, what you catch catch and release kind of kind of a thing or like we said last week test drive all the cars to see which one you like right and i think that's not god's heart that's not god's heart like god cares about relationships And when you go into a relationship, when you start dating, know that that's a huge deal. Like, that's a really big deal, and it's not one to take lightly. Why? Because in Proverbs, it says, above all else, guard your heart. Because out of everything else, it flows 
That's where it comes from, right? Your body works because your heart is pumping blood everywhere. So guard your heart. And when we have that kind of attitude and we, and we listen to the world in that way of just, just date around and, and, and go for it, try it, try everything, whatever you want to do, that results in brokenness, right? If you're not with one and you're with many, your heart is being stomped on that many times. And I said this two weeks ago, and I'll say it again, that your heart was never meant to be broken. Your heart was never meant to go through such hurt and emotion and brokenness. It was meant to be protected and guarded, and it's not meant to just be flippantly given out like your Snapchat passcode thing. Like, guys are just handing that out like no other, like nobody's business. And, and when that happens, when you do that, when it comes to your heart and you give it to guys and guys, you give it to girls. And it may not be in an official Facebook, official, whatever, however you make it official these days, whether it's sending that text or liking that photo and you just flip it, flippantly post that, post that photo, whatever it may be, like that's destructive to your heart, and it was never meant for it to be that way. Yeah, and I think there's probably quite a few of you in here who are like, well, that's not my aim. That's, like, not what I want in my life. I don't want to just, like, date a whole bunch of people. I don't want to test drive cars and, and go fishing in a fish pond. <laughs> I, I want to find the one, right? I want to find the person who, who I can marry. And um, that is noble of you. And I was that person in high school. I don't want to... I don't want to date around. I don't want to be a player, but I do want to find somebody who um, I can marry and have a good life with. And there was this girl who was a year older than me, and I liked her for quite a few years, but she had a boyfriend, and it just like wasn't going to happen. But she, you know, she was an awesome Christian girl, and she fit all of the criteria for what a Christian guy should look for in a woman. Um, and things kind of changed in her life. Her, her and her boyfriend weren't dating anymore. And there was an opportunity for us to, like, start getting things going and start having a relationship. And things, like, slowly moved, and then they, like, fell off a cliff. Uh, I did that with good intentions. I pursued her with good intentions, not wanting to just, like, date a bunch of girls. Uh, but I never asked God if I should pursue that girl. Um, and the result of that, we said last week that sexual immorality results in brokenness, depression, um, anxiety, even death. Like, I, I experienced all those things as a result of the fallout of that broken relationship. We never, e we never even had a relationship but my heart was so wrapped up in trying to uh, get things going there. And yet I'd never asked God if that's what he had for me. And it was one of the darkest times of my life in high school where, like, I thought that she was the one. I thought that things were going to work out with her, and they didn't. And she, like, totally was not even interested. And I'm going, what in the world? I've built all of my life for the last couple months up to this point thinking that this was going to work out and and so like I got really depressed to the point of like having suicidal thoughts which was 
something that I'd never had before. And, and all of that was a result of good intentions, trying to find somebody who, who would be a godly spouse. But I never asked God about it. So, so it, you don't have to just be dating around, test driving cars for the fun of it. You could be having good intentions in your life of trying to find a godly spouse, but you're not actually asking God if that's what he has for you in this moment or if that person who you're interested in is um, somebody who you should pursue. Um, and I think, so you guys know the couple from Up, the old guy and his wife. It's such a cute story, right? And um, we all want that. I think we have a picture of it even. We all want to be them, right? <laughs> right? They're so cute, and they're like probably 80 years old, and, and the story starts. They, they're young, and they, they have fun together, and they get married, and they build this life together, and then she passes away, and he's so heartbroken over her. Like, that's what we, we, we long to have that type of relationship, right? In, but in then there's that photo in the back. Yeah, in 60 years, that's what you would <laughs> want your relationship <laughs> to look like. In the back, we've got The Bachelor. Yeah. And it's one guy with 30 women, and he's trying to find the puzzle piece that he thinks is going to work, and, and somehow is searching for that, that, cup, that other couple. Mm. But it's kind of aimless. It's kind of just like, hey, I'll try any of these options and, and see if that will get me to that, that area. Mm. But to get to the, if you want to be the up couple, <laughs> it requires so much more intentionality in your life. As, mm. a, as a believer, if mm -hmm. you want to be the up couple, it requires the up couple, yeah. <laughs> the up couple. <laughs> you, can, you can hit that later, tw twit that, Twitter that later. <laughs> you can tweet that out uh, later to your friends. <coughs> um, old. <laughs> If you want to be the up couple, it requires intentionality to invite God into your, your life in that area. Yeah, God, I want a godly relationship. I want to be the Christian up couple in 80 years. How do I make that happen, God? Mm. How do you want me to make that happen? Right. It's constant communication with the Lord, too. Like, it comes to mind, again, purity. And what we talked about last week was that purity is so much more than just don't have sex before you're married. Purity is, like I said, a laser-like devotion to God. It's seeking God first in every area of your life, including your relationships. That's purity. That's, yep. Yeah, <laughs> and I th this song that we sing here all the time, the reckless love of God, we love that song. We love those words, and... God has given us relationships and marriage as a picture of the way that he loves us. So the way that we sing about how God loves us should be the way that we pursue someone uh, who we're interested in. That, that should be the way that we pursue uh, uh, a marriage relationship, that he so passionately loves and desires us. He doesn't just aimlessly kind of like, all right, who wants to love God? Anybody want to be the next taker today? Like, he is so actively and intentionally pursuing you and your heart. And that's his desire for relationships. That we wouldn't just aimlessly pursue people, that we wouldn't just, like, 
go out there and, and hope that somebody is a taker. He wants us to be so in touch with him that when somebody comes along, we, we can actively and intentionally pursue their heart and um, show them love, not a need-based love, but a love that wants to know them and, and um, yeah, be with them, love them. So I, I think when all else fails, if you're like trying to figure out how to have a relationship, think about how does God love me? Now how can I duplicate that in a human form? Um, That's good. And I also want to touch on, I think it's great how you guys have all been to a wedding before, right? Probably. Okay, so you know like the order of the ceremony about how the, the girl walks down with her dad and the, and the pastor says... Um, who gives the, what did I say? Who gives this? Who gives this bride to be married to this husband? Yeah, right. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why are you guys laughing? That's right. And then the pastor, what? <laughs> What's so funny? And then the pastor's like, you can now, you are now husband and wife. You can now kiss the bride. Okay, like all of that doesn't, that wasn't just like, hey, they didn't just go on Pinterest and type ceremony order. What's, what's the cool thing to do? That was specific, very, very specific in culture. And, 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 and it resembles the covenant of God. Like there's a reason that the, the girl, the bride, walks down the aisle with her father that's you ladies, devoting your life to the Lord. Until you are married, you, are, you do not belong to any man. I don't care if you're dating for 10 years. Until you are married and you say, I do, and you are now one, you belong to the Father. You belong to your dad. And he walks you down that aisle. That's why this is symbolic. He walks you down that aisle, and you have that veil over your face. And that veil is saying, I'm, I'm pure. I have, st I have stayed pure until I approach my husband. Okay? And then, they, and then they, you lift over that veil, and the dad gives his daughter away to the husband. And the pastor says, you are now one. You may now kiss the bride. You may now kiss the bride. Saying that she has been waiting for you in purity. Intent, laser-like devotion to God. Men, intense, laser-like devotion to God, waiting for your wife. Not flippantly giving your heart out. Ladies, not flippantly just giving your heart out. But I'm walking down this aisle. My veil has been covered because I'm waiting for my husband, the one and only. And that's uncovered. And you may now kiss your bride. You may now lock your lips together and become one. Not before that, not just giving that out. Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to express that too, that like even in wedding ceremonies, we often think we're just doing this for tradition, but there's so much beautiful like... Uh, covenant relationship, it, it's about purity. And God wants to protect your heart, and he, there's so much symbolism, and he loves you and has a plan for even your wedding day, and the steps of the ceremony are divine, divinely appointed. So, Third lie <clears throat> is that if I don't find someone soon, I'm going to be single forever. I need to make something happen. Oh, man. 
you guys can laugh, you can laugh, but I think this is a fear that probably most of you have or will have at some point in your life without being in a relationship. Um, I, I think it's pretty hard not to believe this lie living in a culture that uh, on a TV show where there's five characters and four of them are in dating relationships and the one is not and they're the miserable one to not go like, yeah, it's always, that, that's always, there's always somebody on a TV show who doesn't have a relationship and they're the loser. They're the one who's going to be f forever single. They're going to be alone forever. I'm going to die alone, right? Um, going to be a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> no. One, God's plan for you is good. I just want to say that. Like, if you believe that you have a distorted view of who God is, he loves you and cares for you and has the desires of your heart. He wants that for you. So if you're like, I'm going to be single um, forever and I need to make something happen, first and foremost, that's not who God is. He loves you, and he has the best for you, and he would never just have you live in this misery state. So I just want to say that, like, your identity is secure in him, and he, he's crazy about you, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 16.9 says that the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. The Lord decides where he will go. Um, we... We walk by faith. This is kind of crazy what we're doing here tonight. This is kind of crazy what we do here on Sunday mornings. Uh, it's crazy what you do when you have a quiet time. You're talking to this guy in the sky who you can't see, who you can't really feel. And yet God says, I'm calling you to walk by faith, to trust that I am ultimately real, but trust that um, I have a plan for your life. And so our heart, man's heart, plans his way. He says, I'm going to be married by 25. I'm going to have two kids by 30, and I'm going to retire at 55. <coughs> That's the way that man thinks. And man says, if I want to do that, then I got to do A, B, C, and D to get to that point. Uh, the Lord establishes your steps. As we walk by faith, as we put all of our trust in the Lord, our trust in the area of relationships and dating and sex, uh, we have to trust that the Lord is going to establish our steps. Um, and the other thing is that, like, you guys are also, I, don't take this the wrong way, but you guys are young. You guys are anywhere from, like, 12 years old up to 18 years old. Don't take that as a diss. I'm not dissing you guys at all, <coughs> but you're still living in your parents' house. You, some of you barely have a job. <laughs> some of you play video games way too much still. <laughs> and some of you can't even wake yourselves up in the morning. Or feed your dog. I'm not <laughs> dissing you guys at all. This is not a diss fest. No, I'm not dissing you guys at all. <laughs> you want me to lay on some more? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm just saying that the world says you got you to gotta fear that you're not going to have what you need and what you desire. And when we trust God, we don't have to uh, live beyond our years. Yeah. We don't have... It, honestly, like, me and Anna started dating when we were in high school, and if I could go back and do it differently, I would have waited at least one year longer, if not two to three years. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like, we had a lot more growing up to do, and you guys do too. Sorry. 
I'm going to say that, but um, yep. that's just a reality of life. Don't take that as a diss. That's just that's just a Your reality of being a young adult. Your brains are still developing. I, I just, yeah. according to science, just this last year, I finished fully developing. <laughs> so there you go, Michael! <laughs> I've arrived. You will now listen to my wisdom. <laughs> but but um, it's true, yeah. You don't have to push anything. Uh, did you guys know there's a whole book in the Bible about sex and relationships? You should you should read it. read it. You should read it. It's in the middle. It's right after Proverbs, and it's called Song of Solomon, or in some Bibles, Song of Songs. Uh, I would actually strongly encourage you to read that book. Um, with your parents. But there is this phrase in there. Yeah, with your parents. That's <laughs> awkward. Don't do that. <laughs> or a mentor you left. Yeah. There's a phrase that's repeated three times in this book. It's, do not stir up or awaken love until it is ready. And the author of this book repeats this three times, um, not because they have reservations about sex and marriage, uh, but on the contrary, the author is saying and praising the breathtaking intensity of a unique lifelong commitment between a man and a woman, something we might call friendship on fire, which I think we would say the up couple had friendship on fire. So, do not awaken or stir up love until it is ready. The world will tell you, hey, as soon as you can, start getting it. Start, start yeah. pursuing a relationship. Right. Uh, the Bible says, do not stir up or awaken love until it is ready. Right. Because there is something beautiful and amazing that in the way that God created it to be, be uh, of a lifelong relationship between two people. And when you when you want to fasten up that process, something Laura Matson always said to me, not always, you said it once, and it stuck in my brain forever, was that when <laughs> you want to grow up faster than you are, you, you it's like a, a tree that's really thin. Do you remember saying that to me? I don't know. It, it's, like a, it's like a banana tree versus an oak tree. Yeah. A banana tree will blow over in the smallest windstorm. An oak tree... You can't knock those babies down, Dude, but a banana tree will over. will shoot yeah. up to like thirty or forty feet. I think it's like five years. Yeah. An oak tree, like we have, I have an oak tree at my parents that is like twenty five feet tall, and we planted it when I was like five. So, but it, it you're not going to knock that sucker down. Take time. Yep, take time. We got to keep moving. Yeah, we got to we got to blow. We're going to give you practical um, tips, relationship tips, and then we're going to be done. Yeah. Um, okay. I just want to say this. Kay. Those who choose Christ, and, and you should totally write this down. It'll down the screen right too. Those who choose Christ and devote their whole lives to him lack nothing and have no unmet needs. That's good. So just choose to believe that over your life. Okay, we're going to give you guys just some practical tips. This is not um, thus saith the Lord. This is not the Ten Commandments of dating. This is just wisdom that we have gotten from our experience and um, from, from the experience of others, because I'm so old, I have so much experience. Um, first thing, you guys are not going to like this, but I believe that it's wise to don't pursue a relationship until you are practically at a place where you could get married. 
don't pursue a relationship until you are probably out of high school. Um, don't pursue a relationship until like you are somewhat financially stable. Uh, if you're 15 years old, you are not getting married in the next two years. It's against the law. Like <laughs> you're not getting married in the next two years. So, and, and I, th I think of it kind of like this. We love to go Black Friday shopping, but you don't line up for Black Friday shopping on the 4th of July, right? Don't line up for Black, don't line up for <laughs> Black Friday shopping on 4th of July because you're gonna get there, but you're wasting a whole bunch of time just like sitting on the sidewalk when you could like be working your job, getting ready to like buy all that stuff at Black Friday, right? Don't pursue a relationship until you are practically at a place where you could get married. Number two, seek God in your relationship. Ask God. Um, and this, this one bothers me so much because we, we love to pray as hard as we can about what college we should go to. Um, if we should go on a missions trip. Uh, if we should share the gospel with one of our unsaved friends at school, and we're like, God, I just need to hear from you on this. Would you just answer me? I need to see the Red Sea part. I need to see a billboard with my name on it that says, do this, and we will not move a step unless we hear from God definitely on that. Um, but then when it comes to relationships, we're like, man, I just really feel like this is what God wants me to do. I'm 15, and I just really feel like God wants me to be in a relationship with this person. Have I asked him? No, but it's his will. <laughs> because I can feel the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. And, and we haven't even prayed about it. And I shared with you earlier the brokenness that I went through that could have been avoided by a simple prayer. And I, uh, when I was going through that crappy season, was the time that Anna and I started to get to know each other. And I went to God and I said, God, if this is going to happen, you need to tell me that I should do this. Tell me that I should date her because otherwise I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go through that heartbreak again. I'm not going to go through that depression and suicidal thoughts. I don't want to go there again. So God, you have to tell me if this is what I should pursue. And it's like top five moments of when I've heard, heard God clearest. He was like, yes, do that, but you have to pursue me first. Um, and there's more to that story, but Ask God. He, he knows everything about your life, past, present, and future. So, of course, he's going to tell you that. He wants to help you avoid brokenness. So, if you ask him pre-brokenness, he's going to give you, um, he's going to give you direction. Um, if you want to throw all, if you want to throw both of those out of the window and you just don't want to listen to us at all, uh, which you shouldn't, but I know some of you are going to uh, because you're teenagers, because I'm so old and that's how I talk. Uh, I want to give you four rules for getting into a relationship, okay? Number one, are they a follower of Jesus? If this person that you are pursuing is not a follower of Jesus, do not get into a relationship with him or her. The Bible says not to do it. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked with a believer. It's really hard to have unity with someone who is in rebellion with God. People who are not believers are rebelling against God. Um, which sounds really harsh, but that is just the reality of what it is. Um, missionary dating, bad idea. 
saying, I'm going to date somebody so that I can be the light of Christ to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't Lies. buy it. Um, Lies. One, okay, it don't maybe, work. but two, um, your actions are saying, I need this relationship more than I want this, this person to know Christ. If you really want someone to know Christ, don't date them. Tell them about Jesus. And then if they become a Christian and you're attracted to them, then ask God. But yeah. don't don't date them expecting for them to know Jesus. Um, yeah. Good. Number two, do they know their calling? God has specific uh, tasks and missions that he has created you for and designed you for. Um, and so it would be hard for you to marry someone who God has called to the business field. And you feel like you're called to be a missionary in Uganda. And those callings that? don't really fit. And Skype. can you make that relationship work? I would say yes, because uh, anybody who submits to the Lord, you can make it work. But it'd be so much easier if you marry somebody who has a specific calling to Uganda, yes. right? So um, if you don't know what your calling is, pray about it. And, and Go to and the call conference. Yep. <laughs> if they don't know their calling, then I would advise you not to get into a relationship with them yet. That's good word, babe. Nice um, job. Number three is Wait. what you need to ask advice from a mentor, okay? If you're thinking about getting in a relationship, would you please come and ask me or Anna, hey, here's this person that I'm thinking about getting with. Should I get into a relationship <laughs> with them? And we'll tell you And no. we'll say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do no, that. We'll, we'll have a serious We'll evaluate it because um, <laughs> the things that trusted people are saying around you, you should take that wisdom. Yes, wisdom. And number four, do you have God's permission? If mm. you don't have God's permission, well, don't well, do it because you're rebelling against God. Yeah. So those are four practical tips for getting into a relationship. Again, stick with the first two that we gave you. Don't get into a relationship. Until, until you're ready until to get married. You're ready to get married. But you're teenagers, and I know that you're going you're gonna to want to cross that line. So it's cool. It's good. It's, it's between good. you and God. So, um, yep. I'm closing right here. Yep. One minute. Honoring God is greater than getting into a relationship. Oh, that's a good one. Honoring God is better than getting into a relationship. The goal of your Christian life is to honor God. It's to reflect his glory and to live your life for him. So you need to first and foremost set your heart intentions on doing this. You need to write that this phrase on your heart. I will honor God with my life. Anything that gets in the way of doing that needs to go, needs to leave your life. If there's a relationship in your life that is keeping you from honoring God, you need to put that relationship to rest. Anna and I did that in our early dating. We were like, God convicted us so heavily that we were not honoring him um, with our, our minds, with our actions, with our bodies. We were not honoring him. And if our life goal is to honor God and bring him glory, I can't let anything get in the way of that. And anything that is doing that, I need to let it go. Um, and that's what purity is. Anything that pulls you away from honor and glory needs to be let go because you can't serve two masters. So honor God. That's, that's what you can leave with tonight. Um, honor God or whatever else you wrote down. But I just want to pray over you guys. Uh, we believe good things for your futures and for your relationships. And... Uh, yeah, we want to be a part of that as much as you want to include us.